people that have an itch, man, they want it scratched. And so offer it to them like right away. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy, and it's time for episode 43 of the McMethod Online Marketing Podcast. You'll discover tactics and strategies to increase your email profits by 25 to 100% in 90 days or less without spending more on advertising. <laughs> Today, I'll be talking to Spencer Shaw about how he reformed a rock star, not a rapper. A rock star entertains people via email. Now, I'm actually thinking about doing a bit of a rap soon, and that's just uh, keeping on the down low. But I'll see about doing an email marketing rap. It'll be a bit of a parody. It's just something I'm tossing up right now, and uh, but I think it'll be kind of fun. But more on that later. Today, we're going to talk about you know why entertainment is what you need to be doing with your emails, and really how to do that. Because I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. It's easy to go and tell how-to tips about how to, you know, three how-to tips on how to do this. And here's some instructions on how to do this. And it's so freaking boring because people don't want to read a textbook. People want to be entertained. It's like that Robbie Williams song. I don't know if I'm, it's a bad thing to admit that I like that song. But uh, and that chorus, that let me entertain you. That's what you got to do with your emails. Okay? You have to entertain people. If you're not entertaining people, they're going to unsubscribe, even if you're giving away good information. Okay, And if you're good at entertaining people, you don't even have to give away that much information. You can actually just entertain them, and then they have to buy your product to get the information. So we're going to talk about that. Mr. Spencer Shaw used to play in a band. He is a bit of a rock star, and uh, he's going to show how he channels those rock star things, those rock star abilities, his attitude, into, uh, into email marketing. And so you can kind of unleash your own inner rock star and write some emails like that too to get the show notes for this episode of the email marketing podcast go to themcmethod.com slash 43 now uh like i've been saying if you if you uh, are enjoying the email marketing podcast i would love it if you could jump over to the itunes store you'll need a copy of itunes to do this go to the store search for the email marketing podcast and click that button that says leave a review or leave a comment or something like that and leave a review and tell me what you think of the show maybe there's someone you think i should interview maybe there's a piece of feedback you've got maybe you just want to spread the word and uh, and help more people find the treasure of uh, email marketing in the email marketing podcast uh, and you'll also put a huge smile on my face i love my reviews <laughs> so uh okay that's that that's that let's get into uh, the listener questions i've got two listener questions today number one i think i may have answered this before but i wanted to bring it up again because uh i was talking about it with uh with someone was on a podcast interview this morning, someone else's podcast. And the question was, how did I successfully learn to market so quickly? So I've, I've kind of got a bit of a reputation in some circles as being this guy who came from being some random nobody from Sydney, Australia, who went to the Philippines. And then all of a sudden, he's kind of not a guru, definitely not a guru by any means, but just, uh, you know, he's making waves, you know, making, uh, making a splash, getting there. And uh, they want to know how I did it. And Really, you know, what I did, I can tell you, I've, t- I've said this before, I wrote out sales letters by hand and I read old school, you know, advertising books. But I'm going to talk about something a little bit more, uh, I call it woo-woo, because to me it just sounds completely woo-woo and I'd rather come out of the gate and tell you that it sounds and feels and maybe it even is woo-woo so that uh, so that you can't come back at me and say, hey, John, that was woo-woo. i am be like, hey, I told you, man, I told you. It, it's woo-woo. Anyway, what I'm talking about is this. 
If you've read Think and Grow Rich, you would have heard of thing, something called, I think it was, was it subconscious? He talks about, you know, using your brain to send, you know, kind of program your subconscious mind. Okay. Now, when you go and let's say you sit down for half an hour one morning and you think about your goal of wherever you want to be, whether that means, uh, you know, swimming in a pool of money or snowboarding in Japan or uh, being the f- first man on Mars or raising, a, you know, uh, some lovely children or whatever the dream happens to be. And you sit there for half an hour and you visualize that result as though it's already happened. You see yourself as the person that you want to be but and you create that feeling that you're already there like you literally slide from this reality where you are right now into that other reality where you already have everything that you want including the confidence and the and the you know the peace the inner peace the joy and the harmony all these things already have all that and you can create that emotion right now if you can do that you literally he talks uh, Napoleon Hill talks about this in Think and Grow it's you program your brain to you program your sub- subconscious to kind of I, I guess I hate to say the law of attraction. That's where it gets all woo-woo because I don't really think it's it's not about that. But you program your subconscious and uh, however it works, what happens is that over time, you do this every day, you program your brain and then you start automatically taking the actions necessary, doing the things necessary to get you from where you are now, which is point A to point B, which is achieving your goal. Whether whatever that goal is, whether it's small or big. So like aside from, so to bring that back to how did I successfully learn to market so quickly, I think I've, I've over the last few years, I've been very focused on, on moving forward and, and being energetic and being aggressive and, and really trying to learn, never really being satisfied with where I am. And I think that, that this is an essential skill that every successful person needs to have if they want to continue to be successful because there's always going to be someone else out there who's going to work harder than you, who's going to be faster, who's going to be more aggressive. So if you, if you don't have that edge, if you're not willing to cultivate that edge, then you're going to fall behind. And that person might have a small edge on you right now, but over the next, uh, say, five years, that edge adds up and that's an exponential. Is the, that's kind of like the, the bigger they get, the faster they start, you know, get bigger. So this year, they're a little bit bigger. Next year, they're three times bigger. The year after that, they're five, ten you know, times bigger. The year after that, 20 times bigger, okay? So if you want to successfully learn to market so quickly, I'm rambling a little bit here. If you want to successfully learn to market very quickly, do, you know, go and hustle, write out the sales letters by hand, read the books, but most of all, get an image in your head of where you want to be, of how you want to feel, of what state you want to have. Because you know, if you can do that and you can create that emotion that you're already there, your brain will carry you out. You know, you you naturally go and do the things you need to do to get there. Now, that's I feel a bit woo-woo talking about this, but I wanted to share that. Question number two is, how do you engage a niche that is not used to email marketing without scaring them away? This is a great question, and the answer is very simple. It's just that if you're providing value in the form of entertainment. Okay, people are going to be okay with it. I think uh, I think a lot of people think that mark that email marketing is going to scare people away. It, it all depends on how you do it. If you're going to send daily emails to a market that's not used to being marketed to, you don't want to be too aggressive with it. But if you're telling funny stories and just being entertaining, well, it will be fine. But then again, if you're emailing, say, a 60-year-old guy who checks his email once a week with his wife after dinner every Sunday night, probably not going to go over so well unless he wants to read 70 of your emails in one go. So there's going to be things that uh, that, that come into play, those sort of things. But at the end of the day. Be entertaining. Solve problems. Okay. Never ask anyone for a favor. Solve problems with your emails. And if you have a good product, then the next natural step is for them to go and buy your product. That's just a natural, like I said, it's a natural next step. And therefore, you shouldn't feel bad or guilty about presenting it to them. And you're always going to piss someone off. There's always someone that's going to be pissed off and not like the way you do things. Don't worry about them. Okay. If your product's good, it helps people, you owe it to the world to get it out there. Okay. So how do you engage that niche that's not used to email marketing? I would say uh, figure out whether they're going to, how often they want to receive those emails, whether it's uh, maybe once a day, you could do, uh, I'd say a couple times a week, at least a couple times a week if you don't want to do daily, two times a week, three times a week, every three, every three days is what I used to do when I was working with clients. Send an email every 
three days. That's one email. You know, that's 10 emails a month. Okay, that's easy. It's not too aggressive. Gets the job done and it moves those, uh, those hot prospects forward to where they're buying your products. I hope that helps. Let's get into this interview and find out how to entertain people like a rock star with the Spencer Shaw. It's John McIntyre here, the autoresponder guy. I'm here with Spencer Shaw, who is actually uh, Kevin Davis' business partner. I did a podcast, uh, episode 29, which is at dropdeadcopy.com slash 29, a podcast with a guy called Kevin Davis on how to achieve insane conversions with uh, retargeting, segmentation, and some advanced email marketing stuff like that. And uh, after that podcast, Kevin suggested that I uh, talk to his business partner, Spencer, to do a podcast for their podcast, the Business Growth Podcast. So we've done that. And then at the end of that, me and uh, Spencer were talking. I was like, well, how about I get you on my podcast? And this is what <laughs> happens with podcasts is you, you know you, you just network your way around from person to person to person it's a fantastic way to make connections and and uh, that's pretty much what happened here so today we're going to talk about how uh, basically how a reformed rock star entertains people with uh, emails so it comes up with email stuff that really gets people paying attention and opening those emails and ultimately you know buying the product that uh, the products that they're offering so we'll get into all that in just a moment spencer how are you doing today doing great man it's uh, it's nice to be on the other side of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> do you do this often? Um, not not enough, man. And and when I do it, I I don't get to connect with someone that's um that's kind of lighting me up. So this is fun. <laughs> Good to hear, man. All right, so I gave you a really quick intro in there, but um, tell people a bit more about you know who are you and what do you do and what are you all about. Okay, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm. Kevin Davis's business partner uh, in the world of internet marketing super friends or in the world of really like high level geekery of marketing like funnels and retargeting and analytics um, Kevin is known in those circles and so he is the of the systems and the analytics and the technical brains and I'm the creative brains of our business and so I I write the copy I oversee a lot of the creativity um, and different parts of of our funnels in that business. And it was kind of like a, a happy accident how it all pulled together. I think most stories are that way. And, um, you know, it's been a, a pretty cool business marriage ever since. <laughs> I like how you call it a business marriage there. I've heard a few people talk about business partnerships being the same thing as like a basically a marriage contract. You know, it, it, it is a lot that way. I think some people take it too serious and you have to understand that there's give and take and you know as long as both people are moving forward and it's funny you know Kev and I when we met it was I don't know several years ago and it was actually at a local meetup and he was running he was consulting for you know like Wall Street Journal bestsellers Robert Allen and Mark Victor Hansen and he was sharing his outsourcing system and I thought holy crap this dude's smart and before that, I was I was actually in the mixed martial arts niche. So I had I had created a clothing line and was one of the top affiliates inside of the MMA world. And I was networking with a lot of like I networked with the most highly decorated MMA fighter. He did videos for me. Had been through his gym and um, and so Kevin and I, you know, we would talk about that stuff and then you know stumbled into a, a relationship that's been going on for a number of years now. Okay, okay. So it sounds like you, you said you, you're the creative side, so that means you're doing the emails, the, the sales copy, all this, the marketing and entertaining side of the business. I am, yeah. With that comes, oh man, that double-edged sword of creativity. You know, like when you, you have like a really good joke you think you have in your head or like a really cool story and you share it with someone and then it's just 
not as cool. Mm. Um, I've I've had that happen many a times. I remember writing an email out to my MMA subscribers, and you got to think like these guys are you know dudes that spend three to seven days a week in the gym. Their life is like pure adrenaline. And I remember like the subject line was like the death of wussies <laughs> and like, dude, I got like hate mail from that. And so like I would test, I would test ideas and, you know, I'd still test ideas with our business. And luckily I've learned over time, like to test with smaller segments, but you know, that's a part of the creative idea. Like if you don't test things, if you don't try like throwing that weird creativity stuff out there, you know, you're, you're eventually just going to silence it. Okay. Okay. So you're you're really an advocate of I guess getting kind of wild and wacky with some of your emails and seeing how people respond to it, because sometimes you're going to get people who respond to something that you just blown away. Like it just it might not make any sense at all, but for some reason they like one of your emails that's just weird. Yeah, exactly. But I've learned over time like to to test it within reason. So you know what I mean. Like don't you know if you have a list of. 10,000 subscribers, like don't send out a, a off the wall test to all 10,000, maybe send it out to a segment of a thousand people or something like that. You know, that's where over time I've matured and learned a few more things Okay, uh, okay. To, to be a little bit more methodical with it. Okay. Okay. Methodical weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> that works. I mean, I think, I think the big thing is, you know, kind of going back to the rock star, like that's, that's what put me through school. And I grew up, I mean, I cut my first album when I was 16. Uh, no, actually I was 15 or 16, got a song on the radio and then went up to Seattle when I was 17 and cut my second album. You know, so I've been playing, I played clubs, bars, you know, arenas, auditorium, all kinds of stuff. And you, you have to test things. And you have to go out and try new things to your acts. However, like when you're a band and you're performing, you always have a set list. And so the audience doesn't know what your set list is, but you know what it is. And so to them, it's a surprise. To us, it's it's like predicted and we can throw little weird things in there. So I'll you know throw in like you know, how we're going to do a portion of a jam or how we're going to, you know, say a certain joke or mm. move from one piece of a song to the next. And our audience doesn't know that. But for the most part, like we have it scripted out and we know what's happening. Okay. So tell me a bit about that. Like, so, you know, we, we chatted before this call about how we could best uh, put, put this podcast together, but <laughs> we wanted to talk about how to be entertaining. So how did you do, how did you make your songs more entertaining, you know, as a band? And then how, how have you taken that and applied that to email marketing? Well, you know, I think I, I realized, you know, nowadays with the, the competition, you see things on YouTube. And what blows me away is like you'll see guys that are juggling something while they're playing a guitar and they're balancing uh, an instrument on their head and playing a kick drum. And like crazy uh, entertainment there with all kinds of things going on. And it really doesn't get a lot of views. So it's like this shock and awe doesn't really work as much on that side of things. And it's like on a live show, what do you want me to do? Like, you know, stick a sparkler up my ass and do somersaults? Like, like that's only going to last for like 30 seconds and it's gone. And so what you, you learn is connection with the audience. You learn like to when you come on stage is like to hit them hard, like with an energetic song and to hook them. And I think, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about before is, you know, as a musician and one thing I do with my copy is if I'm on a new audience or I'm testing out a new song, I'll play something that they're familiar with. So I'll play a cover song in the, in the music world. When you play a song that someone else wrote, that's called a cover song. So well, I'll play a cover song then we'll play a brand new song and then we'll play another cover song. And so it's it's kind of doing this little sandwich of material 
Hmm. And the same happens with our copy. You know, we'll go through and if we're taking people down a new path, we'll take an existing idea that they know or an existing story, you know, something that was open looped from the past okay. and we'll bring in something new and then we'll... Yeah, so oh, let me give you an example. So we're running a bunch of master classes right now, and we've we've done master classes on analytics. We've done master classes on retargeting, email marketing, hangouts, and now we're getting ready to do a master class on podcasts. And so you look at the hangouts; that's somewhat related to podcasts. And so what we've done is we've gone through and we've told the stories, the struggles, the pain, and we want to come from the perspective of like being as human as possible. I think the days of like, I'm the guru and know everything, I think those days are gone. Um, You know what I mean? Absolutely. And and one of my favorite writers, uh, his name is James Altucher. He's not in the IM space. He's not like an email marketer per se or a direct marketer. He's an author. But the the dude has absolutely disrupted the way that bloggers communicate and the way that authors communicate with their audiences. He is by far like the most vulnerable writer out there. James Altucher. I, I can't give a big enough plug. I've got all of his books and he'll just go through and he'll just he'll write about how crazy he is, how screwed up his life is, why his kids hate him, like why he got fired from all of his job, like all the stuff that like no one wants to talk about. Dude, he shares it all. So like I'd be scared to be his friend. And you know what I mean? But like, so what we'll do is we'll come with that like real life approach. Yeah. And we'll do that in talking about our hangout, you know, our hangout masterclass and how we totally screwed up and how we had, you know, 800, 800 people on one of our hangouts and we clicked the wrong button and ended it. Like right at the time of the pitch. So like when you're going to like be making the most of the revenue, like we totally screwed the pooch, like we messed it up. Yeah. So we like share those stories and we mention like, you know, we start weaving in back then start, we started weaving in like podcasting or like becoming a, a, a radio celebrity. And then we come back into the hangouts and now we're getting ready to start fully diving in with like, how the importance of like the podcast masterclass of like being in the importance of that radio celebrity, that internet celebrity. And so it's just weaving ideas. And I think Andre, you know, from auto response, he, he talks about the open loop thing, you know, he uses lost as an example. And, you know, it's very, it's similar in a way, but we're more on conceptual, like we're on a, on a bigger basis. Okay. Depends on your audience. You know, if you've got an audience at times, they're, they're stoked to read an email that has that drama, has those open loops, but it can also become like really transparent. Like, okay, yeah, I, I get what's going to happen here. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's, to me, this seems like a it's a question of context. So let's say like I like I'm in the email marketing niche right now with the, with the podcast and with the McIntyre method, and uh, so it's it's natural for me to send out an email to my list about what email marketing, whether it's my product or a webinar that that I'm doing or someone else is doing or, or some email marketing service like Aweber or Infusionsoft. But if I wanted to go to them and talk about a, a sales letter. A piece of software that helps you write sales letters. That's only gonna like if I just come out and say, "Oh, this is a great product about all about sales letters, and you should buy it." And here's why. That wouldn't do as well as as another email that set the stage first by talking about email marketing. So starting with with where they're at right now and starting with that context, and then putting the sales letter in the context of email marketing, which is that if you don't have a good sales letter, you know you can do all the email marketing in the world, but when they hit the, that sales page, it's gonna be so bad that they're not gonna know what to do and they're not gonna click that buy now link. And that's why you know. 
know, if you're doing email marketing, you also need a sales letter. So what's happening there is I'm starting with the idea that they already know to create that familiarity and then weaving, you know, tr- you know, going over almost, a bit, it's a bit of an open loop kind of thing, and then going over into the sales letter so that when I introduce that new idea to them, the sales letter, it feels familiar to them. That's what you mean, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, a really simplified way of saying it is something that I learned from Eben Pagan. Okay. Uh, this was years ago. And he said, if you want to create an aha moment for someone, what you do is you take two things that people know about and they're very familiar with, but are completely unrelated. Hmm. And then you find a way to connect those two things together. And that creates an aha moment because uncovering gold for people and sharing a completely new concept psychologically, that's really tough for people because they have to accept the change. They have to accept a new paradigm shift and they have to accept all these other things that psychologically, like it actually like puts some weight on their brain. Yeah. But if you, but if you take something that they already know and you just connect it with something that they already know, yeah. but maybe they hadn't thought of it from that perspective, then they, they sell themselves because they have that aha yeah, this is, that, like, this is like metaphors. You know, you create the metaphor and you relate it to something else and you go, oh, that's what, I know what you mean now. Yeah, so it, it just, I don't know. I mean, again, James Altucher, I think he stole from Eben or maybe Eben stole from James, but he said, just take, you know, two separate ideas that aren't connected and let them have sex with each other. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. Absolutely. <laughs> but so, and then another thing we talked about before we got on, on the call now is is that, you know, to to... You you mentioned something about where you would send out, say, an email about some sort of news item. Uh, you know, maybe it's a local business. Thing. You know, you you find you enter the conversation. This is that old Robert Collier rule from from his book about enter the conversation that's already going on in their head. So if they're thinking about a current news event, start talk, start start your email by talking about the news event, and then weave your way into your pitch, or yep. have the first email talk about the news event, and then in the next email talk about your product. So because because when they open the email that you send them, this is actually a really good point to keep in mind. I haven't framed it up this way. When someone opens your email, no matter what the subject line is, they're almost definitely not thinking about your product and they're not, their credit card isn't in their hand when they're reading their email inbox. So you shouldn't start off by saying, oh, I'll get this great product. You've got to think, well, what are they thinking about right now? How can I answer that conversation going in their head? Are they thinking about their, their whining baby upstairs? Are they thinking about some tsunami that's happened on the news or some political situation that's going on or some sort of po- you know politics that's going on right now or maybe they, maybe they woke up this morning and looked in the mirror and they're fat? So it's like, how can you start there and then weave your way to the point where it's a natural place for you to insert your pitch. Absolutely, man. Like that is super key. And I mean, you know, you have to be relevant to to something that they would be that everyone would be interested in. I mean, it's kind of like the psychic stuff. You know, they're they're called false positives. You know, like, oh, I sense that you have a, a lost loved one in your life. Is that right? And they'll be like, oh yeah. And then and and you think about this loved one all the time. Is that right? You know, it's like crap like that. Yeah. And if you look at like how psychics work, they're they're asking these leading questions and you can do the same thing with news. And obviously, like I'm not saying like be unethical, but what I'm saying is like you can look at the news and there's ways to lead it so they're like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, oh, that person's bad or that person's good or oh, I never thought of it this way. And then you lead them down the path and then your product's a solution or clicking on the link is the solution and then it starts to sell them on the next step or whatever it is. And, and I, I kind of want to like back into like the, the stepping of it. You know, I see many times like marketers, inexperienced marketers, where they are like trying to sell and, and they're trying to blanket the message to everyone. 
and they don't take the time to really segment down their lists mm. and understand what people are interested in. So, you know, one of the things that we do, and you know, I'm really grateful for Kevin for his, you know, genius system approach to it. You know, when we're creating a new campaign to sell someone like on a broadcast, a new product, we'll I'll write a sequence ahead of time. And the first email will go out. And then once the people open that email, so there's there's actually people get segmented into two different lists from there. So when a person clicks on the email, they get put into a bucket. And then the people that click on the link, they get put into a different bucket. And the people that click on the link, they're a better candidate. And so they're going to receive the next email in that sequence because we're not selling them on the first one. We're just like, we're just warming them up. Hmm. We're just taking them on the date. And so they receive the next one and, and it's taking our subscribers through that process. Whereas many times I see people like they'll send an email and then the next sequence, they send out the email to everyone and then they send out the email to everyone and you start to burn out your list because maybe that first email, they totally weren't into it. And it's coming from that perspective of, okay, we're going to test this segment. We're going to test the most hyperactive people. And once we have those results, okay, now we can go back. And why did they, why did this group of people not open the email as a subject line? Okay, let's, let's just keep the same body, but we'll change subject line. Okay, cool. And so it's, it's a lot of testing and like a methodical process of, of going through and realizing like, I don't need to sell everyone. And if you do it that way, your subscribers absolutely love you because you're not selling them stuff that they don't want. You're only selling them the stuff. It's like almost mind reading. And again, it's like back to the psychic stuff. It's like, you know, because they're like, holy crap, like I'm, I'm stoked that he's sending me stuff about podcasts. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't realize that the people that didn't click on that email, they're not getting that that sequence. So. Right. Okay. Okay. So what you're talking about here is is uh, if you have a more of a general list, I suppose you would so send out that first email on say podcasting. If no one reads that, or if no one clicks on that, they don't get the next email. But then in a week's time, or a month's time, or three months' time, you met them another email, and this time it's on uh, paper click advertising, and they read this one and they click it because they're interested in that. So you're doing uh, Andre calls this uh, in autoresponder madness. He has his main SOS so proper sequence, which you might think about. You've got your main sequence, which is just on say internet marketing, and there's all these people on that list who just want to make more money with marketing on the internet and then you've got people on that within that market you, you've got people who want to know about podcasting who want to know about pay-per-click who want to know about seo so you send out these single emails which are basically like bait and uh you know when you catch a fish it's basically when they click the link in that email you send an email on podcast and they click that link and if they click it they get automatically added to an autoresponder only for people who are interested in podcasting absolutely yeah and that's, that's always worked the best. It gives us the highest EPCs. It makes our audience stoked the most to hear us. Your unsubscribes go down. And, and you know, there's a lot of different things that we'll do in that. Uh, you know, for, for example, we weight the links. And so, you know, in the past, we used to use things like SurveyMonkey. So it'd be like, you know, hey, you know, go to the Survey Monkey and fill out this stuff. Well, now it's just like, hey, you know, tell us what what of the three things are you totally into? And if they click the link inside the email, it weights it from there. Like they don't even have to go to the survey. So it's like a little mini surveys. Our links within an email act like mini surveys. Yeah, absolutely. Because you can know what they want, what they're thinking about based on what they click on. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it helps out. And again, I think it's, you know, it's kind of like... You know, I'll go back to like the the music metaphor. You know, when I'd play in a coffee shop, you know, you're going to play a lot different songs and you're going to have a, a different line of jokes and way that you're going to treat the audience than when you're playing at a bar 
And you're going to have a different type of lineup and jokes and everything when I'm playing at a big auditorium or places like that. And so it's just, it's really noticing the audience and playing to that audience. And I I guess in a way it can be bad because you become somewhat chameleon-like. But at the same time, like for me, whenever I played bars, I realized one thing. My job wasn't to play the most awesome music and have them love me. My job was to sell liquor. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's where most that's where most musicians screw up because they get there and they're like, oh, dude, I'm going to be a rock star. And it's like, dude, no, your job's to sell liquor. And you know what I mean? Like, and I'm a, I don't actually, I don't even drink. Like that was my job. I realized that's my job, but I can have fun with it. And if I bring them along the path to other things in that process, cool. Okay. That's a, that's a really good, I think that's a great note to end on actually. So we're trying here to basically be the musician who goes into bars and clubs and arenas and all these different places and, and knows when to do an acoustic set and knows when to play a cover and knows when to sell liquor and knows when to go crazy and wild and do things like a, you know, at a festival. So it's all about understanding, you know, the way to be entertaining or the way to write really, really good emails is to just either use surveys and use segment, automatic segmenting, you know, software, which you can do with Infusionsoft and, and Office Autopilot, or just take, take time to really understand what your market's into and then write them emails based on that. That's really the message, right? And it's super effortless. Like if you do it that way, your emails can be really crappy. And I mean, don't like, obviously don't write crappy emails, but like if you're selling people that want what you are offering, it's a lot easier to sell to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, dude. This is this is the uh, this is the core of selling. It's not going and selling, you know, ice to an Eskimo. It's all about finding people who already want what you have. That that's really yeah. the key of marketing. Is is yeah. So then all you do is you don't have to sell them. You just matter of factly state that here's what I have, and I, if you want it, here's where you get it. And then yeah, you're the coolest dude. Yeah, that's exactly. It. You're you're their resource, and the cool thing is you get to charge a better price because you're like they're hotter. They're you're solving the problem. They're willing to pay a premium for it, and you know what? They're gonna be like, dude, if you have anything else like this, I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. And one thing I learned years ago is like buyers that buy buy, and what that means is like when people have a problem, dude, they want to solve it. They'll throw money at it right then, and. If you go through and you write an email sequence and you go, okay, well, free report reveals or whatever crap you're saying and, oh, I'm going to lead them through this process and then on day three or day seven, I'm going to finally sell them. Dude, they might be out of heat by then. People that have an itch, man, they want it scratched and so offer it to them like right away. Cool, man. Well, uh, we're right on time, but before we go, give people a heads up about where they can learn more about you or Kevin or all the segmentation stuff. I know you have a podcast. uh yeah, I think, you know, the, the podcast is probably the best. It's called Business Growth Podcast. Uh, you can get it on iTunes. You can find us on YouTube or on our website, businessgrowthpodcast.com. What sort of We've podcast got, do you uh, have on the uh, podcast? Sort of, who are you talking to? What's it about? So it's really geared towards the, the business growth side of things. And, you know, we've really connected with a lot of startups. So people in the Y Combinator, a lot of people in Boston, a lot of accelerators. So these are outside of internet marketing. These are businesses, like big businesses. I've got one right now where they're going to exit for about a half a billion dollars. And I ex- I interviewed them. You know, it's it's high growth business type of stuff, not like little pay-per-click campaign type of things. <laughs> I'm hesitating to say real businesses. But. Well, you know, I don't, I don't want to say that, but like, but there's also like you and I talked about email marketing, which is like a core component, you know, and, and I've talked with people about angel investing and I've talked with analytics and follow up, but it's really like very high level, high growth type of stuff. Absolutely. All right. So, so, all of 
podcast on uh, drivetechpelly.com with the show notes. So thanks for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Definitely. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more.